Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you that we find ourselves in the house of God. We're not distant from hearing your voice and your word. Your word as a lamp unto our feet, bringing clarity to our steps, as a light unto our path so that we not stumble. We pray, O oh God, that today your word would find its way into our hearts, into the depth of our spirit and our soul, that we're not moved by adversity, conflict, the impossible. We pray that your spirit would reveal the hand of God, the heart of God, the provision of God for our lives, so that when we call upon the Lord, he answers us, and we see the impossible becoming possible. We see the supernatural intervening where the natural wants to occupy, O oh God. We pray, O oh God, that your word would go out uh, as a good seed planted in every heart and that that seed might be cultivated, that we might see that miracles is unusual to those that are far from God, but an everyday reality, the life of God for those who walk with God each and every moment. We pray that you open the eyes of our spirit the eyes of our understanding. Allow us to see these things and to pursue them wholeheartedly that they would be revealed to those who have a heart for you and that they might go about doing greater works than the ones you have done because you're with us, O oh God. Bless your word as it goes out and may it not return void, but that we might hear the supernatural realm of miracles, signs, and wonders in the lives of those called to take it to a dark and needy world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. We want to start out with this premise. Before Jesus was born, in Luke chapter 1, verse 37, one of the announcements that would, would talk about his coming, this is almost like going, uh, coming to a theater near you, and then they tell you what's going to happen. Here in Luke chapter 1, the announcement of Jesus' coming is being told to his mom. And there... Um, as they're telling her about who Jesus would be, one of the highlights and the emphasis of his life would be, for with God, nothing will be impossible. The provision of Christ comes with the added ingredient that nothing, say with me, nothing. Nothing, nothing will be impossible for our God in Christ Jesus. Um, as I was sharing on Monday with the men, I, I was stricken about that, that stick that was thrown in the water. And I never understood how, how you throw a stick in the water and it attaches to the axe and it floats. Um, but I, I called a friend of mine who lives in uh, Kansas City. And, and I said, Pastor David, I need for you to tell me a little bit about this passage because I don't understand it and I'm having difficulty. And this is what I see. And I began to explain to him what, what I was seeing in the passage. And he says, you're missing one thing. The stick that was thrown into the Jordan was a prophetic sign and illustration of the cross of Jesus Christ. Never miss out that when Jesus is involved, the miracle will take place. Never exclude Jesus Christ from the situation. So I made sure, even though I had talked to the men, that I came back and told them, guys, the stick that was thrown into the Jordan River is the cross of Jesus Christ. Never leave home without it. 
Always throw it into your situation. Make sure you're close to what Jesus Christ did on the cross because that is the access to heaven's gates and the opening of heaven's inventory. Let's ask Jesus Christ and what he did through the cross to come forth. Let's read that again. Luke 137. Let's all read it together. For with God, nothing will be impossible. You know, we have a lot of, the devil has done a good job. We were talking about this. Um, all these monster movies that saturated our culture. And some people love these monster movies. They're like, yeah, I love Freddy. I love Friday the 13th. I love the chainsaw. They, they thrive. Let me tell you something. You're sowing into fear in your life. And when there's fear, there's no faith. So the devil's doing a good work in your life, making you sterile and impotent in the matters of God. Because fear is greater in your life than the faith of God. Fear cast out the love of God. So when you're watching all these movies and you're creating an atmosphere and a climate of hell, good job. You get those little thrills and stuff like that, but you're being stripped of your faith. God wants these things to be out of your life. He wants darkness to be out of your life so then the light will shine and miracles begin to be your everyday reality. For with God, nothing will be impossible. We need to cultivate this. And, and I love verse 38 because verse 38 is in agreement with this verse. And if you're not in agreement with God, and many of us are not, we're holding something against God. Look, if you would have been here the day my mom was murdered, then I, I, I would believe that you care for me. But since you weren't there on that day, I don't believe you're for me. So if you're not for me, you must be against me. But Mary said these words, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. I present myself so it might be done according to your word. I want these impossibles to become possibles as I come and offer myself and say, Lord, I'm going to align myself up with what you say and not what necessarily what I think or what I say. You need to be in agreement to see miracles happen. You need to line up with God. If we're not seeing miracles, it might be that we, in our attitude, in the way we live, in the way we comport ourselves, are absent. We're foreign to the reality of the supernatural. Uh, for me, I, I come to the place, and I'm sorry if I have to say this, but I've come to the place where I think miracles are for the unbeliever. A lot of the unbelievers is, I'll believe if I see a miracle. I'll believe if you do this. I'll believe. See, they're unbelievers, and then they need a miracle to believe. I don't need a miracle to believe. If nothing happens, God is glorious. He's awesome. He's good. He's phenomenal. What he did in the cross is enough for me. He needs to do nothing more the rest of my life, and I'm totally sold out on his team. I don't question God. I don't argue with God. I don't doubt God. I, when, when things, people come into my office and they paint their lives with the deep brushes of dark and twisted details. They think that the more twisted and dark their detail, I'm going to say, uh, you got me. God, you, God can't go there. God, God, you, know, some, you just curse God and die. You know, they, they want me to say, since things are so dark and and. And they paint the paintbrushes. Uh, and th what they're doing is they're seeing the devil scene. The devil has made them to believe that life is that terrible. But I've seen the glory of God. I've seen the goodness of God. I know that nothing is impossible for God. I, I, you know, the people, yeah, but he has three wives and four girlfriends and 50. And I'm like, yeah, all right. 
Nothing is impossible for my God. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing is too difficult for my God. Nothing is too difficult for my God. Nothing is impossible for thee. Nothing. And I know some of you are still saying, yeah, but I'm going to go to his office this afternoon. I'm going to tell him. Ah. I said, you're not going to get me. You're not going to get me. Nothing is impossible for Jesus. Amen. Nothing. So to line myself up with him is my, my object. And so that's what Mary did. She says, behold, uh, I'm going to come under the Lord. I'm going to be his servant. Let it be according to your word. Uh, 138. Let's do that again. Luke 138. Remember, this is, this is all, already the premise here. That for you to see the miracle, you need to listen to the word. Some of us want to, we, we bring our lucky charms to God. We bring our, our, our Mikasuki, uh, we bring our lotto tickets. We bring out everything that's, and we think that God is the luck of the draw. God is not. God will perform his word. And if you don't have a word from the Lord, you, you might never see your miracle. The, the miracles of God are according to the power of his word. He always, he always lived aligned up with his word. To know his word, to be able to align yourself with, with what he said, uh, allows it not to be a, a Russian roulette scenario, but, but you'll be able to see. Let's go ahead and read Hebrews 2, 4. This is the realm of the supernatural and the intervention of God in a crisis situation. The God... Showing forth who he was by signs, wonders, and various miracles. The gift of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. He, he moves in the realm of, of his atmosphere and climate. We, we need to tap into this. We need to understand that God is a miracle working God. He does phenomenal things. And for him, it's nothing, it's nothing strange. For him, it's, it's like you drinking a glass of water. That's, that's the substance of who he is. He does the supernatural because he is supernatural. I love the verse in John 21, 25, where it says, If everything God has done, if everything Jesus did were written in, in books, there wouldn't be enough room in the entire earth to, to be able to, it says, and there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. Amen? If, if what Jesus does on an everyday reality were written in books, there wouldn't be enough books there wouldn't be enough space upon the earth to contain these books. What's that mean? The supernatural is Jesus' everyday breath. You might say, well, I've never seen a miracle. Listen to me. Your very fact you're sitting in church is a miracle. Dodo bird. How are you going to question God? He's giving you life. He's giving you breath. Your eyeballs can see. Your lungs can breathe. Your heart beats, your lungs take in airs. Your entire existence is a miracle. You could give thanks to God from the moment you wake up in the morning 
to the moment you go to sleep at night and say, God, today you're, this life was filled with abundant expressions. Lord, I'm sorry. I, did, I, I didn't catch a lot of them. I didn't acknowledge a lot of them. I, I, I question you at the end of the day because one thing happened and I put all in a balance when everything you've done is huge. And David would say like this, King David says, I can't even count your blessings. They're too innumerable. They're more than all the stars in the heavens. I couldn't even be able to calculate them. And so when we have that, that understanding of life, and guess what, guys? How many know that out there, the devil has done such a good job in blinding people, they don't see. They don't see God. They don't see his miracles. They don't see his goodness. They don't see how God keeps us in the realm of the impossible. So he passed these things on to us in Acts 2.22. This Jesus that was affirmed by God, a man who was God, um, says men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth. He was a man that was attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in the midst of you as you yourself also know. You know that, that 90% of our existence upon the earth is supernatural existence. And listen to me. If you're alive after you drive on the palmetto, you're a miracle, my friend. <laughs> you're a miracle. You know how many people don't even have licenses and are on the palmetto? On Bird Road and you don't have a head-on collision? It's a miracle. And you go home thinking it's normal. You go home and get on your knees and thank God you live in Miami and you're still alive. It's a miracle. We should be having car accidents every day. We should be having phone calls. Hey, uh, Armando was taking a left on US-1 trying to get into his job. And he was taken out. And yet he does that for years and doesn't say, Lord, thank you, I'm alive. Thank you, Lord, because you're a miraculous, saving, merciful God. Your goodness is all over me and I didn't know it. So there it is in John 14, 12, where Jesus said, verily, verily, for sure, for sure, take it to the bank 100%, I say to you, that he who believes in me, he will do works the works that I do, he will also do. And even greater works than these, he will do because I go to the Father. You, my friend, are supposed to be the extension of the miraculous. People should know you by miracle signs and wonders. One pastor said to me, my wife is, has the ministry of signs and wonders. She goes to the mall and signs credit cards, and I wonder how she could spend so much. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that you should be known by the great signs. I love um, Blas's parents, Mirta and Blas. They love to go to hospitals and pray for the sick. The miracles that have been wrought through them in the last years should be on medical journals. As they have seen people come back from the dead, people that were hexed to die, they were prayed for. Uh, and they've seen the supernatural life of God. We don't see that because we're not plugged in. But Jesus says, surely, this is in the realm of what I have for you. Listen to the last words he says in this verse. Greater works than these, I will do, you will, uh, 
Let's read it right. It says, the works that I do, he will do also. So what Jesus did, that's our line of work. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. What is, what is the purpose of him going to the Father? John 16, 7. He's going to the Father. Two chapters later, he explains why this is powerful to do greater works. Nevertheless, I tell you, if I, uh, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But I will depart. Uh, but if I depart, I will send him to you. My friend, the realm of the supernatural is a partnership with the Holy Spirit. You, you cannot partner with evil spirits and see signs and wonder. Why? Because evil spirits lead to fear. And they lead to unbelief. And they, they, you walk in the realm of God. I, I guess when I get to heaven, I'll see some miracles. No. I go to the Father. And I go to the Father so that he can send you the Holy Spirit. If I depart, I will send him to you. And so this partnership with the Holy Spirit, again, I'm saying some people are scared of, of Pentecost. Uh, Pentecost is, is from the word 50, 50 days after Passover. He says, do not move because I'm going to send power from heaven over you. And the people that still don't understand that, the people that still don't understand the provision of God and his Holy Spirit that are not cultivating a life with spirit, never see miracles, will never partner with God in the supernatural. The supernatural comes as an extension of this provision. Luke 24, 49. This power Jesus was referring to when he said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But so hurry up to the city of Jerusalem and stay there until you are endowed with power from on high. Listen to me, my friends. The church of Jesus Christ has to be a gathering of people that are on fire with the Spirit of God. Amen. Their heartbeat is, is something that is vibrant to what... The, listen to me. A lot of us are walking in the spirit of fear. We're serving the spirit of mammon. We have the spirit of unbelief. We do not have a vision. Like we said last week in Joel 2.28, he says, For in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, so that the supernatural becomes an everyday reality. Uh, several times throughout the day. It shall come to pass after these, uh, afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. This, this removes the, the devil's strategy to say I'm not spiritual enough. See, the Lord says on all flesh. If you pinch your neighbor right now, he's made out of flesh, the spirit of the Lord will fall upon him in the last days. The spirit of God will fall upon him. He's giving us the recipe to miracles galore upon the earth. Now, are we partnering have we come into relationship with the Spirit of God? Stay in Jerusalem until you receive this power. Acts 2.38, the announcement that was made to those that were gathered there on the day of Pentecost. When they said, what is this that's going on? He says, yeah, if you guys turn, if you repent, and every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of us don't. We're not partnering with God. Last week, we baptized 28 people. It was glorious week. It was phenomenal. You got 28 guys who took their baptism classes and who are now qualified to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You do it in a progression. You repent. Lord, I'm sorry I'm away from you. Lord, I'm going to line up with you and get baptized in water after I believe. 
Not, not in traditions of, of previous faith. After I believe, I get water baptized. Now I'm ready to receive the Holy Ghost. Now you're ready for being an instrument and in the hand of God for supernatural miracles. We want the miracles, but we don't want to get baptized. We want the miracles, but we don't want to receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, if I receive the Holy Spirit, I'm going to start thinking like the pastor. I'm going to become a world changer. I'm going to start giving away my life instead of taking it in. That's, that's supernatural. I, as I know people with the Spirit of God in Psalm 77, this is, this is what the despair and the cry of men is today. I want to put you in the, cli- in the climate, in the atmosphere of men's hearts today. In Psalm 77, verse 1, he says, I cried out to God with my voice. This is, this is where all miracles begin. Crying out to God. Who? The God who does all things possible, who, who is able, listen to me, I, I have a friend of mine that just got diagnosed with cancer, all right, and, and he's in the midst of his ministry and his calling, and he has throat cancer, and he says, this is what he says, he's, he's at MD Anderson, he's at the hospital, and he says, I challenge the little C with the big C, who's going to win? So you can't get this because you're not in the spirit, but I'll do it again. Ready? I challenge the little C against the big C. Who's going to win? Right? Christ or cancer? The big C or the little C? And so I say, go, Doug. Go, Doug. He's strong. He's vibrant. He says, I've prayed for hundreds. Uh, He says, I've gone to this hospital, MD Anderson, and prayed for hundreds of miracle people, laid hands on the sick for them to recover. Now it's my turn. Now it's my turn. And so these men who stand strong in the midst of adversity, he hasn't lost his stand in Christ. He, He still has the expectation to receive what God gives. And God gives life and breath and abundance of all things to all people in all places. We need to know God in that scenario. We need to experience God. And, and these people that are able to walk into that realm and to challenge the opposition, to challenge medical science. I, I love when I see a miracle in a hospital and, and the doctor goes, who knew? Who knew? We don't know how that happened. We don't know how it... Listen to me. I know how it happened. His name is Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Give him the credit due to his name. We didn't pray in any other name. We prayed in the name of Jesus. You know who healed him? Jesus healed him. We need to have that boldness to, to challenge darkness and to say, my God is strong. My God is able. My God can do all things. And so here it is. He cried out to God. And one of the powerful things, and, and some people say, well, why do you guys pray all the time? I said, I'll tell you why we pray all the time. Because the Bible says that when we pray and cry out to God, he gives us his ear. He's listening. I don't know who you're praying to. You might be praying to somebody who's not listening. But I'll tell you what, our God listens. Our God has an affinity to tune in to our cry. And so, in the day of trouble, verse 2, in the day of adversity, in the day of my trouble, I ran to God. 
And my hand was stretched out without ceasing. I'm, 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 I'm in the direction of God. I'm, 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 I'm expecting whatever comes, comes from the Lord. I'm not, I'm not, we go to a thousand places and a thousand people before we go to God. My hand was stretched out to God without ceasing, and my soul refused to be comforted. I'm not going to let my soul overcome me and overwhelm me. Verse 3, I remembered God, and when I was troubled, and I complained, and my spirit was overwhelmed. I was, this thing was too heavy for me. Verse 4, you hold my eyelids open. You give me the strength. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. My friends, you might not be here right now. You, you might not be in this place. But there are a lot of people that are in this place right now. They need a miracle. They need to see the impossible become possible. And it's very myriad forms. There's, you know, the, every description of, of the details is particular to each person. So troubled that I cannot even explain. Verse 5, I have considered the days of old. I look back to what we know in our lifetime experience, the years of ancient times. And Lord, verse 6, I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes a diligent search. With all that is within me, I want to know how to explain this reality of impossibility the questions that arise in times where the impossible are present is verse 7 will the Lord forget me forever will he cast me off will he not be favorable anymore towards me has his mercy verse 8 is his goodness gonna cease forever has his promise failed forevermore Verse 9, has God forgotten to be gracious? Is he no longer in the business of miracles? Say, listen to me. There's nothing more perverted upon the face of the planet for man to say that God doesn't do miracles anymore. That comes straight from the pit of hell. I'll tell you, the last 30 years, if it wasn't for God's miracles, I wouldn't be sitting here preaching. If it wasn't for his miracles, his mercy, his grace, his, his and, and I've gotten to the place where no longer do I see miracles as a phenomena that happens once in a lifetime. It happens every day, several times a day. But I expect God to intervene when I see the impossible. And, and, and a lot of us uh, thank God that he allows us to get in the realm of the impossible. Because that's when we came to God. Where there was no other provision from any other side. If we would have been able to go somewhere else to get another fix, we would still be living distant from God. So God has to put man a lot of times in a place that nobody else can do anything. You need God, my friend. You can't go anywhere else. So a lot of us have to go through these things. And, and I always say that if you have a million dollars, be careful because God's going to give you a million and one dollar problem. You have a million dollars. You say, oh, I got my million dollars. If anything happens, I'll take care of it. Well, God's going to give you a million and one dollar problem. So you need to go to God. If you got more than a million, then God will give you a situation like happened to Pastor Rivera. He gave him a, a liver transplant, a million dollar problem because he didn't have a million. He needed God to show up. And God did show up because God always shows up. You could praise him. Thank you, Jesus. 
Has he shut up in anger? Is he upset at me? Is God not giving me my, uh, verse 9, God has forgotten to be gracious. He forgot how to do miracles. Has he, in his anger, shut up his tender mercies? The answer is no. God is, God's mercy is greater than your ability to mess up. How many say amen? amen. I don't care what you do and how you do it. You're not going to outweigh and outnumber the mercies of God that are for you. This, this life of Jesus on the cross is my son in place of whatever sin you could think up of or to do. Is, it weighs against it. He says, the Lamb of God who takes away not your sin, but the sin of the entire world. All the sins of the entire world. You imagine that Jesus died. And your sin's there, and you're holding it as something that is keeping you away from the mercy of God. That's not going to happen. His mercy is greater. Nothing you do could outweigh his mercy and love. In verse 10, he said, I said this in my anguish. These things I said because I was so tormented and afflicted. But I will recall the years of seeing God's powerful right hand and how they moved on my behalf. My focus, listen to me, miracles take place not when you're focusing on what the devil's telling you, but when you're meditating on the goodness of the Lord. When you are recalling to memory the things that God has done, remember the miracles that happened of old. Uh, you need to get around miracle-working people. Uh, you become the same fabric of these people. I, I love to see miracles, signs, and wonders. Not because I am convinced that they will bring people to believe in God, but because I see God's mercy and grace upon people that maybe you would never even move in their behalf his mercy and grace is huge so there it is i will recall verse 11 i will remember the works of the lord do yourself a favor go through the bible and begin to look for miracles i wonder if there's any miracles in the bible Listen to me. Every time the word God is, it comes a miracle. God and a miracle. God and a miracle. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. After that, everything else is his creation, his workings. God, if you made the heavens and the earth, nothing is too difficult for thee. The, the planets are in orbit. The stars are in the universe. The planets sit up there, and they, they're vast and expanse. All things created by God. And you, my puny fan, friend, are challenging God with your insignificant details of these cares of this life. God is, is huge. He wants you to be able to, to fathom his capacity. I'll remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. Get around this climate and see the power of God. My, my Christian life started with the miracle. You guys all know the loss of my ring in the middle of an ocean of forgetfulness, the sea that forgot all things. And then this one old lady says, Father, in Jesus' name, we give Joaquin back his ring so he could see your power, so he could see your mercy, so he could see your grace. Show him how intimate you are in these affairs. I was like, lady... You are loca. You're nuts. There's nothing that could happen. And then all of a sudden, the miracle takes place. And what happens next? I said, I want to be with God. I want to live with God. I will meditate of his works and talk about his deeds. In verse 13, your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Those who come to this place 
of, of connection. Those who are here this morning bless you in the name of God. Not that you're hearing a powerful message, but that you will become the instrument of God for the supernatural realm of where there needs to be a miracle, where the Spirit of God leads you. The testimony of God is established and attested. I will remember the works of old. You, I will also meditate on your works. In the sanctuary, who is so great a God as our God? He, he puts it there and says, okay, come on, let's compare. Who are you going to go to? Who are you going to call? Who are you going to wait for? Who is mighty like our God? You are the God who does miracles. That's what verse 14 says. You are the God who does miracles and wonders. You are the God. You are the God that does miracles and wonders. We become very accustomed. Listen to me. I, my parents don't like me to say this, but I didn't know how to read or write. I was in high school. Okay? And, and when I say I didn't know how to read or write, I did not know how to read or write at the level that would require somebody to go to law school and be able to read books and write briefs and legal papers at a capacity to be a champion. But listen to me. I was introduced to the God of all miracles. And, and, and I read James chapter 1, verse 5. He says, if anyone lacks wisdom, I said, that's Joaquin right there. They should have put my name right there. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Let him go to God. If you don't understand, if you're not lined up with the supernatural, ask God who will give freely without reproach. It will be given. It's a gift. It's not, uh, Lord, I'll come on my knees all the way to church. I'll, I'll promise that every time. Listen to me. God is not into this, this negotiating barter. Come to him for miracles, signs, and wonders. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Let it become an ordinary, natural, everyday reality so that you could pass it down to your children. We have a strong and mighty God. We have the, the omnipotent God. I, I love one of my favorite songs. I don't know if I could do this here. I might interrupt something. But, but I, will, I will sit down, one of my favorite songs. And, and I'm sorry. I, I'm, here goes. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Great, great and mighty God. Great in counsel and mighty indeed. Ready? Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Great and mighty God, great in counsel and mighty in thee. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Let's stand today. Let's lift our hands to the heavens. Let's come right before God and say, God, how could I question your mercy? How could I doubt your love? How could I be distant from your power? Holy Spirit, come afresh upon me. 
still my thoughts, quiet my heart, pour out your faith through the word that has come this morning. For faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. We're living distant, disobedient. We challenge God on every turn as his instruction is set forth. Forget about the world who's in rebellion and disobedient and distant and darkness. The people of God that are called to receive his Holy Spirit. Receive the power of God. The embrace of the Lord to to not only receive and quiet our hearts in the supernatural realm of the impossibility of those things that are impossible for men, but that they're possible for God. We need to be acquainted. We need to be close. We need to be consistently connected to a God who gives us world-changing faith for the impossible. In the coming days as we live this life, Lord, we pray that, that you give us a heart that's tender to your word, tender to your spirit, tender to the direction of our life's purpose and even the protection and the refuge of God. Give us wisdom unto divine healing so that the terminal illnesses that have wrought our bodies would be supernaturally touched by your right arm as you ask this question, is there anything too difficult for me? And then you fill in the blank. Is there anything impossible for me, says the Lord? And then in Jesus' name, with the power of God's Spirit, a power unto inheritance for the promises of God to be fulfilled. Greater works that would show forth the glory and the majesty and the faithfulness of our God. The floating axe head coming to the surface, signifying debts paid off. There's debts that we wouldn't be able to pay off in a million years. And God says, is there anything too difficult for me? And you put in there that debt that you have, that that, that realm of the impossible. Some of you say, I'll never have a house. Ask God. Some of you say, my, my children will never be able to have a college education, a private school education. Ask God. Ask God. My family member will never be saved. He will never come to the Lord. Ask God. Ask God for the impossible. Run to Him as a refuge. Run to Him as a strength. Father, and I pray in the coming days for miracle signs and wonders to accompany us, O God. Father, when they have said there's no more life, Lord, let there be life in abundance according to your word in John 10.10. We're not in line with the spirit of death. He who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's not our inheritance, O God. But one of life and life in abundance. Keep us in the realm of your spirit in the atmosphere of your presence. Allow us, O God, to be those vessels of your mercy that are convinced in the depth of our character that our God is powerful, omnipotent, mighty God. 
to bring us into the realm of the overcoming the impossible. We give you thanks for the families represented here, O God. We give you thanks for the days to come as faith continues to be cultivated in our hearts. And we pray, O God, that we hear the reports and the praises of your people as you move in their behalf. If you have an impossibility, raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you. Father, look at the hands that are raised before your presence in this place. Father, you continue to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. You, your mercy continues to be poured out in favor of those that wait upon the Lord. Like we heard this week, my hand is lifted up to God, Abraham said. From whence comes my prosperity and my provision, my protection, my purpose. And I pray, oh God, in Jesus' name, that there would be a supernatural outpouring of testimonies of you working out healings and uh, canceling of debts and remuneration and salvation and healing and deliverance, oh God. And we call upon you in the name of Jesus Christ, your son. Father, we know that there's great inheritance of your love poured out on behalf of those who wait upon the Lord. So allow us to come in to things which eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men. Things, Father God, exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or pray. You shall come to bring to pass, Lord, according to your divine power that works with us, O God. Your Holy Spirit lead us to triumph and to victory in the name of Jesus. And the people of God say, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.